Hey, this is Adam White. I'm the pastor of New Beginning Assembly of God, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and our hope and prayer is that this podcast inspires you, builds your faith, and lets you know that God cares and He loves you. Enjoy the message. Amen. Exodus chapter number 14, verse number 8. It says, And the Lord... Harden the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them in camping by the sea besides um, Pahitherath before Baal And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lift up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Amen? Amen. I'm going to continue what I did Sunday night. Amen. And I'm really looking forward to this. I have been studying up and studying up again about this. And it's just made me happy. Amen. So we talked about detours, dead ends, and dry pits. Amen. Detours, dead ends, and dry pits. And if you remember Sunday night, we talked about how that detours, sometimes God allows detours in our lives. They may not make sense to us, amen, And as we're going on this spiritual journey, but God in heaven knows and he sees afar off and he knows that sometimes the direction that we're going might not necessarily be the best or may cause calamity to fall on us. So he will cause detours to come our way and to move us in directions. Amen. Hallelujah. We talked about how the children of Israel in chapter uh, in chapter 13 of Exodus, as they were going, God told them, said, no, don't go that way. You go this way through the Red Sea because the Philistines occupy this land and I don't want them to go to war. At least they just forget and want to go back to Egypt. So God knew beforehand What was ahead of those children of Israel knew they couldn't handle it. And so God moved. And (laughs) that makes me just want to shout. To think that God knows ahead of us. He knows ahead of us. Knows that we can't handle it and says, you know what? Just forget it. We're going to go this way. Amen. And it might not make sense because, my goodness, they could have just hop, skipped, and jumped on there to the promised land and wouldn't have to worry about all these things and all that. But God said, no, I know my people, and I know they can't handle it. So he just calls that little detour. Amen? That's amazing to me. That just proves to us, church, how much God loves us, how much God cares for us, and how he's concerned about us. He's so much concerned that he'll cause a detour even when it's just <laughs> a way out of the way. And we're thinking, God, why in the world have you sent me this way? Oh, friend, he knows ahead what we've got to look forward to. Amen. So I won't 
talk too much about that because I'll preach that message again and I won't do that. But now we've got the children of Israel have made that detour that God led them. Let's get that in mind. God told them to go that way. They just didn't come up to their minds and say, Oh, you know what? I think the wind's blowing this way. We ought to go this way. We just caught some, let's just get some leaves and and wherever the leaves go, we'll go. No, God told them and said, go this way. So now God has told them. And now finally, Pharaoh, for whatever reason, he has realized he has messed up. Amen. Why? Because the children of Israel were their slaves and their workers as they were doing all that stuff. And the help left. He let all the help go. And so now he's thinking, this, oh, what was I thinking? We've got to pursue after them. So that's what they did. They pursued after them. And as they went, the children of Israel was there at the Red Sea. And they looked behind them. And guess who was behind them? Pharaoh, his chariots, and his army all want to capture them. We're talking tonight about the dilemma of dead ends. The dilemma of dead ends. Amen? This message has, I'm telling you, stretched and stretched and stretched. So we've even got another sermon that I've got to do. We'll do that next Wednesday. Amen? Dry pits. Amen. <laughs> Y'all got on deodorant now. <laughs> Amen. No. The dilemma of dead ends. I live on a dead end road. You cannot go past my house. You can, but guess what? You're going to be in the dead end. <laughs> and sometimes it is so funny. And I will sometimes look outside on my porch and I will see these cars. And they're just looking and looking and I don't know what they're looking for. I don't know if they're looking for homes to buy or if they're looking for land or if they're just looking. But all of a sudden I'll look and they're just looking and smiling and all of a sudden they see right at my, right on my yard, there's a big yellow sign that says dead end. And you know what they do? They look at that sign and I just see them, whoever, they just fussing. They just fussing and I see them get in my driveway and turn back around and go back, go back the underway. Because <laughs> they knew they done messed up. They went the wrong way. It was a dead end. <laughs> now the children of Israel met this same dilemma. They were surrounded by the mountains on both sides, the Red Sea in front of them, and Pharaoh's army was coming up behind them. <laughs> they were brought to a total dead end. Amen? A dead end. And I know, we, like I said, I've got a dead end on my road, and there's dead ends all throughout Gulf County. If you drive and go out and everywhere and this or that and the other... But, you know, spiritually speaking, we find ourselves sometimes in dead ends. Sometimes we find ourselves in a dead end situation. Well, my spiritual life, I feel, is at a dead end. I can't, it just feels like I just can't grow anymore. It just feels like I'm just stuck. There's nowhere out. I can't do nothing. Sometimes you may feel like your finances 
are in a dead end. Oh, you just don't know what to do and you can't see how money's coming in and all these kind of situations and all of that. Amen. You've exhausted everything. Oh, there's so many different dilemmas. Relationships can be in a dead end with your family or your spouse or loved ones or whoever. Oh, you feel like there is just no paths. There's no way through. Remember, I told you that scripture that said, you know, God will make a way. (laughs) Amen. A way of escape. And I told you what he's talking about is that pass that if you go Further, a little bit down that path, you will see a little road that crawls up out of that ditch, so to speak. Well, folks, dead ends means there's no way out. There's no secret passage path that you can get out. You are stuck between almost you've got a sword in front, spears on the side, and a knife in the back. (laughs) Amen. You are in a dead end. And the children of Israel felt that very way. Amen. And if we think about it, you could probably think of things in your life, spiritually speaking, that you have felt or maybe you feel now that you're just in a dead end. You just feel like I've done everything I could possibly do without the results that I'm believing God for, maybe. Hallelujah. Dead ends. From their experience now, we learn what to do when God leads us to a dead end and an impossible situation. See, God led them there. Again, I said that and I'll say this again. God was leading the way. God told them and God put them in an impossible situation. I feel like, and I might be skipping over, but uh, I'll come back and everything, but I feel like sometimes God puts us in impossible situations because He's got to get to us that, you know what, you can't do everything yourself. You've got to rely on God Almighty for everything. Amen. I don't believe God equips us just to be, uh, that we, you know what I'm trying to say, to be weak Christians and all of that. But oh, there are so many things that we can't do that we have to rely on God for. And sometimes we kind of take that mantle from Him and say, you know what, God, I think I know a little bit better and I'm going to go this way or I'm going to do that situation and all of that and God will just kindly lead us in that direction and lead them and say hey I'm telling you I am God and there is nothing impossible for me to do I believe that tonight I believe that God is still the God of the impossible Amen. I still believe that God can still raise up people in this last time. Amen. I still believe that God can still perform miracles, can still heal, deliver, and set free, and save tonight. Amen. God can do all these things. It's nothing too hard for Him to do. Amen. But the children of Israel had to learn 
They had to depend on and God had to get them into a place that says, I am God. You've got to believe and trust in me for everything. And folks, that's what we've got to do. I'm telling you, in this hour, we've got, to, we've got to depend on God more than we've ever had before. My goodness, and I've said this so many times before, but my goodness, we can't depend on the hospitals to help us. We can't depend on the government to assist us. We can't depend on elected officials to get us out of trouble sometimes. Y'all read on the news, I saw it today, that uh, a representative of FEMA was uh, stealing money from the government and getting contracts and all kind of things. The same FEMA that came to try and help us and didn't get, you know, and had to go through all red tape to do anything with FEMA and all that kind of stuff. And here their workers are stealing money from the government. Hey man, you can't trust or believe in anything nowadays. Amen. Oh, it's such a sad, sad world. But folks, it's more and more coming to the fact that we've got to depend on God. And that's what he was trying to teach these children of Israel. There, are, um, there were a couple of things that he, they, they learned, that they had to learn while on this journey. And what we have to learn when we feel like we are in a dead end and in a possibility and there's no way out. First, we've got to understand that we have to refuse fear. We have to refuse fear. And there are four ways that fear affects us. Fear makes us skeptical. Fear makes us skeptical. That verse 11 says, And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. <laughs> they, said, oh, they said, Moses, you've just led us here to die. They didn't have room enough for our bodies in Egypt, so you just brought us up here to just let them slaughter us. Oh, they were skeptical about what Moses was all about. Oh, they liked though Moses when they... When he said, Pharaoh, let their people go, and oh, they started gathering all their stuff, and oh, that was joyful then when they got out of Egypt. But now when trouble came, oh my, they're wanting to blame them. Oh, they was being a skeptical. Fear makes us skeptical. Amen? Skeptical. Hallelujah. Fear causes us to doubt. That's what it means to have, be skeptical of something is to doubt what it truly is. Amen. There are some times when I call like the customer service line or something like that. I always have to. I'm very skeptical <laughs> of, of what they do because I know through experience that they have let me down. <laughs> so I come in the conversation with a little bit of doubt, <laughs> knowing that I'm hoping this person understands what I have to go through instead of sending me to three other people to have to explain the same situation over and all of that. Amen? So all to be skeptical is to also doubt. Amen? Doubt. We ridicule what we are afraid of. 
we ridicule what we are afraid of. Amen? Not only does fear make us skeptical, but fear makes us selfish. Fear makes us selfish. Verse 11 continuing on, it says, Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us uh, forth out of Egypt? Oh, they're saying, see Moses, we told you. We told you. And this is how you've dealt with us. This is how you've just paid us. We've believed everything you've said, Moses. And now this is how you're going to deal with us. Oh, this is how you're going to repay our kindness, so to speak. Oh, see how now fear makes us selfish. (laughs) I get a... I don't know why, but... I watch those crazy Facebook videos sometimes and and some of those are people scare you or they scare people or whatever. And there was this one that um, uh, this guy, he dresses. Have you ever seen this? Um, You know, they've advanced themselves with camo, so to speak. I mean, I remember like Papa and, and Dad, they had camo stuff and all of that. But nowadays, good Lord, it makes you look like they've got this stuff that makes you look like a bush. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So this guy gets in and he looks just like a bush and he hunches down and he's in this pot. And these people are just minding their business and all that. And all of a sudden, that man goes like that and he... You tell them, scares them people. So did it. And they're just walking around the street, you know, like the sidewalk. Everything's fine. They've got their drinks and drinking or eating something or whatever. And then that bush goes like that. It don't say nothing, just moves. And I'm telling you, they're ready to tear themselves up because that bush scares them. But what's funny is some of those people that are like couples or whatever or when that bush goes honey the selfishness kicks in I'm telling you they forget about their the love of their life they forget they hold hands not no more when that bush gets a hold of them praise God they're about to run they forget you the last one's the one that gets eaten oh they're gone in a hurry I've seen also people go into these really scary haunted houses and they show videos of people how they react and I'm telling you these husband and wives come in with hands held and oh so close and clingy bless God but when it's all over with that husband ran out that wife's in the back crawling and carrying on because she's scared out of her mind fear sometimes causes us to be selfish fear sometimes causes us to say listen you've affected me you've affected my life and I don't like it and I need you to fix it right now God I don't like what you're doing this is not right I'm telling you this is not right I've paid my tithes I'm faithful to the house of God I teach Sunday school I sing I vacuum I do everything and it ain't right that you've put me in this place I'm telling you, oh, selfishness. Fear causes us to focus only on ourselves and how it affects us. Fear not only is selfish or makes us selfish, I should say. Fear doesn't also make us skeptical, but it also makes us stubborn. Stubborn. Amen. Verse number 12 says, 
Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? <laughs> what are y'all laughing at? <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm telling you, conviction. Thank you, Jesus, for the conviction. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Amen. Oh, they said, Lord, they said, did we tell you, Moses? Did we tell you that we didn't want to go with you? We didn't want to go with you. But now you've dragged us alone. Act like he got a gun and said, come on, get up. You're coming with me. No, they didn't do it. They were gladly to go with them. But now that they're in this situation they don't like to be, they stubborn. Now they're saying, Moses, it's your fault. You made us do it. It wasn't us. We, you made us do it. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, okay. Leave us alone is an attitude produced because of fear. <laughs> because of fear. Leave us alone, God. Leave us alone. Amen. Not only that, fear makes us skeptical. Fear makes us selfish. Fear makes us stubborn. And fear makes us short-sighted. He said, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die in this wilderness. See, he's all, they're already saying, it would have been better if you just leave us alone. Don't give us promises. Don't give us all these kind of things. I don't want to hear it. Fear makes us short-sighted. Fear causes us to want to live in the past. It's an attitude of let's go back to Egypt. Amen. This attitude of, oh, it was better in the past. God, you should have left me alone. I was fine with my pew. I was fine where I was going alone in life's weary way. And oh, you've just interrupted me. You've interrupted my course and I don't deserve any of it. <laughs> I want to go back. I want to go back. Hallelujah. So we've learned that when we face with dilemmas, we have to refuse fear. Because fear causes us these damaging things. Amen? Not only are we to refuse fear when we're in a dead-end situation, but we are to renew our faith. Amen? We've got to renew our faith. Verse 13 now. He said, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not. So here, God's people were so upset, fear had gripped them and fear had caused them to just doubt everything that had happened to them. Caused them to doubt that the plagues of Egypt that got them out of the place, amen, they forgot about all the things that God did how he made the locusts appear, how he made the frogs appear, how he made the rivers and the water into blood, how he done all of these things and how he killed every firstborn Egyptian and every firstborn animal, everybody, unless the blood was applied on the doorpost. They forgot that, that God sent that death angel to go in and let them go. Because, folks, fear does all of that to us. Fear lets us do these things. Hallelujah. But, folks, there's three steps that we've got to, re uh, three steps to renew our faith. 
We've got to renew our faith. Amen. It's Moses tells them that you've got to let go. You've got to let go. He said, do not be afraid. Actually, he said, fear ye not. <laughs> fear ye not. Amen. How do you let go of fear? You've got to recognize that God is in control. How we release that fear is the fact that we've got to understand that God is in control. Amen. God has brought us and God has led us. And if we have a little sit down talk and say, what are some bad situations that you've had to deal with in your life? We could talk about some stuff that is not very pleasant, some things that were not right, some things that just caused because we messed up, caused because other people messed up, or caused just because it just happened and it nobody's fault and it just occurred. But regardless of whatever situation it is, folks, God was always there. God was always there. Folks, my Bible tells me that the steps of a righteous man are ordained by the Lord. So, folks, it don't matter what comes our way. God is always right beside us. Amen? He is always right beside us. And because of that, we can recognize that God is in control. He knows what's going on. Oh, to renew our faith, we've got to let go. And then we've got to look up. <laughs> he said, look up. Oh, Moses continued on. He said, fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. Amen. He said, look, he said, he said, the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. He's going to fight for us. Oh, and we're going to hold our feet. Fear causes us to run, but faith stands and looks to God. Hallelujah. Fear makes us run, but faith makes us stand and look to God. When you look up, you will loosen up. <laughs> Amen. When you stop looking at all of these things that you are bound on, amen, no wonder chains are heavy. No wonder they lock you in deep, dark cells. Why? It's down. They want to hold you down. They want to burden you down. Why? Because, oh, when you're lighter, hallelujah, you can stand up a little bit. Amen. You can, it don't bother you so much. You can stand straight. Oh, with running, I've told Britt, I said, Britt, don't run hunchback or don't do this, but run straight. Run straight because it will help that body to get that momentum to go through and to run fast. You've got to run straight. You have to have good posture and run straight. You can't, oh, and I know sometimes I'm bad about this with sitting down. Oh, posture. I've got bad posture. But oh, just to slump down. Just to hump down. And you know what's awful too? Sometimes when I drive, I'm like this. 
And I don't know why. But sometimes I just hunch over on that wheel and I'll drive and all that. And I think, what am I doing? I got to sit up straight. Why? Because I can see better. I can focus better. I've got everything under control. And folks, when, when, uh, uh, when we look up, we're going to loosen up. Because we're not going to be so concerned about all the problems. We can look up to the hills from which cometh our help. For our help cometh from above. And we can say, God, I don't know what's going on down below. But I know you look, you're look. you looking down. And I see you, God. And I'm going to run and pursue after you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fear causes us to want to run. But faith stands and looks to God. Amen. So renewing our faith, we've got to let go. We've got to look up. And folks, we've got to launch out. Verse, let me read um, 14. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Okay. 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. God's questioning Moses. He's saying, Moses, I already told you where you need to go. Why are you crying to me? I've already given you the instructions. I've already promised you that I'm going to be with you. Move forward. Move forward. Oh, I promise you in your words that I'll heal your bodies. I promise you in my word that I'll never forsake you. I promise you that I'll be with you through all the thick and thin. Why cries thou unto me? <laughs> Go forward. Move forward. Folks, sometimes we just have to believe and say, God, in our prayer times, God, your word says this. I don't understand, but I'm going to lean on this and I'm going forward. Amen. I'm going forward. I'm going straight. Hallelujah. Launch out. Hallelujah. Launch out. Hallelujah. Let the people tell the people to move on. Go on. <laughs> Don't worry about these gyms. I told you what to go. Go on. Yes, but you, but I might, I've given you my promise, Moses. I've given you my promise, my word. I've done everything in the past. You can look back and you can say, God, you did this and you did that and you did that. And I know I'm in an impossible situation now. But, oh, God, I'm telling you, he's going to see me through so we can just move on forward. Amen. Amen. Don't mean that we get scared. Don't mean that fear don't come and creep on us. Don't mean all that stuff. It just means that we've got to put fear in its place. <laughs> Amen. We sometimes have to put fear in its place. And say, fear is not of God. Fear is not of God. No, 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 no. We have to launch out. There's, a, there's time to pray and a time to act. A time to wait and a time to go. God usually takes you through your problem, not around it. <laughs> God usually takes you through your problem, not around it. Amen. What's that old song? Lord, don't move that mountain. Just give me strength to climb. <laughs> and it said, Lord, if you'd move that mountain, I might grow weaker every time. 
Amen. Oh, we'd be so spoiled. Oh, if God just did sometimes everything for us. But oh, God makes us go through these hard times not because He hates us, not because we were bad, or not because of there's some kind of sin in our life. No. That is an opportunity for us to grow. It is an opportunity for God that tells you that He cares for us. That it drives us to our knees in prayer, in dependence upon Him. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. When you face a dead end, you've got three options. You can surrender, you can fight, or you can trust God. You can surrender and say, Lord, just, I give up. It's too hard. I'm, I'm throwing in the towel. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give up. I hate to say this, but there's yet another preacher, famous preacher in his 30s, committed suicide, killed himself, killed himself. He wrote all these kind of books, and I didn't know him. Um, the... The guy, he was, uh, he was not the main preacher, but the main preacher, he's sometimes on TBN. He's bald-headed. Um, oh, it just loses. It, I, um, anyway, uh, I'll think of the name sometime, probably in my sleep. But I can picture him, and I know I'm seeing him on TBN. But he was a minister under him, and he did some. He wrote books, and he wrote articles to Christian magazines and all that, and killed himself committed suicide committed suicide and see folks let me tell you this there is nothing in there is nothing too hard for you to want to do something like that <laughs> there is help for you <laughs> amen there is help for you and sometimes when we feel like we're at those dead end situations we might say i want to just surrender i want to give up it's too hard this is too rough for me right now. It's, I, I just need to give up. We can fight. We can fight everything that God... We can fight against God, against the enemy, against ourselves, against <laughs> our friends, our family, our in everything. We can fight against God on situations. We can say, God, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm just upset. I just want to lash out at any and everybody because this ain't fair. Or we can trust God. Can I tell you the answers number three? <laughs> when you face a dead end, the option is to trust God. The option is always to trust God. Now folks, like I said, there's a, this is easy preached. This is easy preached to say, you just trust God. But when you're in the dead end situation... There's some, it, it's different. When that rubber meets the road, <laughs> that's, that's a different story. And folks, can I tell you, I've been in some dead ends in my life. I've been in, I've been in some dead ends in my life or I felt like I wanted to surrender and give up or I felt like I wanted to fight and do everything I can. But folks, I've always done. Somehow or another, I've had to go through those options, but I've always ended up on that third option and trusted God and He's always helped me through. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to hurt. It's going to sting. Oh, it's going to be awful. I'm telling you. Oh, what did they do? Um, 
IVs. Oh, when they put IVs and they put that tape on you sometimes. And then when you're done, you still got that tape on you. And you say, oh, and see, the problem is, see my hairy arms? Oh, Jesus. And they just, and it, it, I try to just, oh, just do it a little bit. Nope, it's just best just to grin and bear and just pull it out. And it hurts. Oh, it stings. It hurts. But praise God, it only lasts for a little bit. Pain, hurt, and sorrow only lasts for a little time. Just a little bit. And then it's over with. And folks, I want to tell you something. The pain, the sorrow, the suffering, the hurt that you're dealing with, yeah, it may sting now. But I'm telling you, it only lasts for a little bit. You can still trust God. He's still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Where you turn in time of trouble indicates who and what you really trust. I mean, I'm telling you. Folks, you people, I think it's funny and I've heard stories and all of this of people say, you know, they're big and bad and they'll be cussing and drinking and, and cursing God and all this acting a fool and everything but oh, let them be in a situation where that plane all of a sudden lose control, let them get into a store where all of a sudden someone walks in with a gun, let them get into a situation where all of a sudden a car hits them or, or something like that what do they do? They forget all that and oh God, oh God, oh they call on that name hallelujah oh the problem is they didn't trust them at first <laughs> but they trust them when bad came but folks I'm, I'm glad oh that I was taught a long time ago that we've got to trust God and we've got to obey God when the sun's are shining and when the flowers are blooming for when trouble comes we'll know exactly where to go we know exactly where to go we know who we can trust. Because see, we put, we've learned it from the past. We've learned what we're supposed to do. And when trouble comes, we're not scared looking about who, who, we're, who we need to go to or who we need to do whatever. You know, I've always thought of myself and I've always said if I've ever got into a bad situation, like a really bad situation... I've always thought, Lord, you know what? I'd like to go to brother so-and-so and let him pray for me. Or I'd like to go to this person and let them pray for me and all of that kind of stuff. Well, folks, sometimes we might not get in situations where we meet those individuals or have an opportunity for them to minister to us or whatever. But folks, praise be to God, it don't matter if, if, if Billy Graham, bless God, he's dead and gone, but Billy Graham or whoever, hallelujah, it don't matter. He don't choose and say, oh, Billy Graham's calling, let me put you on hold, or so-and-so's calling, let me put you on hold. No, we can call on him in our times of trouble, and he'll answer us when we put our faith and trust in him. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God led the children of Israel to a dead end. They were facing an impossible situation. Why? There are three purposes. For God's glory and for Israel's good and growth. God will lead us in these dead ends for His glory. And He leads us so it's for our own good and for our growth. For us to know and to understand, hey, I can trust God. 
I know he's going to help me through this. I know the end is not near. <laughs> it may feel like it, but God's still the author. And I know I can still depend on him. Corey Ten Boone is a, um, I believe she was a, a, she wrote some hymns and everything. And she said, there's no panic in heaven, only plans. <laughs> Think about that. There's no panic in heaven, only plans. Only plans. Praise God. Aren't you glad that no matter what we go through in life, it may alarm us. Oh, and I found out that Brother B.F. Cannington died. I didn't know it until Brother Kenneth, you announced it that Sunday. And I mean, that just shocked the gizzard out of me. I mean, I'm telling you, that shocked me so bad. But you know what? It didn't surprise God. He knew exactly what was going on. And folks, we may be shocked at some things that may happen. We may be shocked at what news reports come out and what people do and what's in and what people are trying to convince us to do and all of that. But folks, we can still trust and know that God's not panicked. God is concerned and He knows everything that's going on. Amen? Could we stand tonight and make our circle? Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit newbeginningag.com slash gift for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can click the share button to post on any of your social media pages. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.